I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. You ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out? Who? Off the Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Here we go, ladies and gents. He is Caleb Calhoun. I am Dave Hooker, and we are off and running for the next hour or so with you weekdays at 10 a.m. So welcome to the program, whether you're watching on YouTube, Twitter, whatever the case may be. The Twitch, I think, is a big deal with me. Well, we want you to hit that like button, hit the thumbs up, and we can bring more people into the program, and we certainly want to do that. And it is uh, day 20 of the beard, and Caleb, I'm not sure if this is going to last much longer. I mean, it looks good to me. I think there's nothing wrong with it. Um, it looks good. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm working on it. So. Where you're behind, Dave, is I don't know if you know this, but like undershirts are totally out of style now. I mean, undershirts just, are? Oh. Yeah, they're, they're, they're totally out of flavor now, man. All right. I've dropped the ball. You should never show your underwear. I didn't actually realize that was showing. So I think that's actually as much old it's school. It's not underwear. No, it's, <laughs> it's old school as, as much as it is new school. So maybe I'll ask for V-necks for this upcoming Christmas because that's how I get all my clothes. My mom can't figure out anything to buy me, so I just ask for clothes. Let's do a show in just V-necks one day, you and I. Howard Stern did an entire show nude where all the cast members were nude. I don't think we want to do that. Do yeah, we? yeah. I don't think we want to do that. But no. <laughs> hit, hit the like button. Hit the thumbs up button. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so because we have a monster show on tap. And uh, let's go ahead and start to dive into it. Why? Tennessee is the most important team in the college football season in 2023. I will tell you why. And uh, also, uh, what number six means for Tennessee. Tennessee finished the season at number six in the college, or sorry, in the AP rankings. So number six is the highest since 2021, and they've done so about a dozen times. We'll go back over the history of that, what that means for perhaps 2023 a potential major shakeup in college basketball. We'll talk Tennessee hoops as we do each and every Wednesday with Ron Slay, brought to you by Zach England of Best and Brock. Zach England has got your back. So let's go ahead and start because Tennessee was number six. And what did you think of Tennessee 
being number six in the final AP poll that was released yesterday. Your thoughts? People are upset about uh, being behind Alabama. What did you think, Caleb Calhoun? I mean, this is uh, this is the not- this is part of the notoriety of the polls. People are going to say, "Oh, they're just biased to the schools like Alabama." No, it's not that. There's a recency bias with the polls. And Tennessee's blowout loss to South Carolina was more recent than Alabama's close wins over or close losses, excuse me, to Tennessee or LSU. And Tennessee's blowout win at LSU that should have been a difference beyond their win over Alabama was at the start of October. This was the whole reason that, you know, this has been a flaw in college football for what is it, Dave, 100 years? We're, I mean, well, since the AP poll came out in 1936, where there's a recency bias. Um, I go back to 1993, Florida State's first national title under Bobby Bowden. Rest in peace, Bobby Bowden. Florida State had no right to win that national title. They had a loss. Notre Dame had a loss. Notre Dame beat Florida State, but because Notre Dame's loss was more recent than Florida State in 1993, Florida State got the number one nod in the AP poll that year. And that was that game of the century. I think you, I'm sure you remember that. Yes, and, you know, I, I talked to John Adams about being an AP voter one time, and I, I never want to do that because if you do it right, it should take you two or three hours on a Sunday, honestly, to go through every single team. And John had the approach, and he's on our YouTube channel, and we'll have an updated show with him on our YouTube channel. So hit that subscribe button and um, you, and turn your notifications on so you know when we're on. John said he go he went into it where somebody could go from four to 18 or make vast jumps based off of how they played. So the whole term that I, that makes me cringe every time I hear it is the climbing the poles. I don't care where you start. You should not have to climb the poles. After week one, there should be just massive chaos in your polls because you're guessing in the preseason poll. And then you've learned a lot after week one. Uh, You get along week three or four, you have a better body of work, and then you're able to adjust it accordingly. But I think too many AP voters are afraid of massive change. I think they're affected by recency. And I think to some extent they're affected by um, not necessarily recency, but recent history, and that is Alabama's Alabama. So you can't tell me because – we cover Tennessee very closely. You can't tell me the guy that is covering Washington is watching all of Tennessee and all of Alabama's games. Um, You can't tell me that every single voter that's outside the SEC takes those two or three hours that he should as a respected AP voter. That's why they don't ask people to do it multiple times is because um, it is an incredible commitment. So you can't tell me that those People have a really informed decision on SEC teams in Alabama and Tennessee. At the end of the day, I I just can't see how in the world, since they played each other, that Alabama is is over Tennessee in the AP poll. I thought that was absolutely, somebody stole my word, Tennessee Junior on the message board, garbage. I just thought that was garbage. And does it really matter No, but a top five finish sounds darn good. A top six finish sounds like, yeah, it's pretty good. But Caleb, I just, you you have the head to head, you know, had they never played each other. Okay. And they're, and they're, they don't have the permanent uh, matchup each and every year. Then we could argue all day long if Alabama or Tennessee should be number one, but they played each other. How? hard is that yeah it's it's ridiculous tennessee is clearly ahead of alabama they have here's what the ap poll is and you're right people can't fully study these games i want to be honest i think the ap poll probably does a better job of it than the coaches poll because if ap writers can't do it you know coaches aren't wasting their time studying every team that they watch play in the polls so i I I always laugh at the idea of the coaches poll in general because of that. But as far as the AP poll goes, um, let's call it what it is. It's a combination of two things. It's basically a power ranking rather than a poll. It's basically a power ranking with the previous week's ranking as the default position tiebreaker, if that makes sense. Right, which it should not be. Exactly. Exactly. No, 
Uh, Travis says the Notre Dame guy, uh, Beardanino, I don't know who he is, had us ranked eighth and Alabama second. Well, that's just ridiculous. Um, I, I, you know, and I saw several different pollsters that had Tennessee in various positions. If you had Tennessee any lower than sixth, I mean, sure, you could make a case that they maybe were fortunate against Alabama. Maybe Alabama was the better team at the end. If they played tomorrow, maybe Alabama would win. You can go down those paths all you want to. But if you don't have Tennessee at least six, I, d- I just don't know if you watched any football this year. Joe saying we beat them and they lost to a team that we beat like a drum. Uh, yeah, I agree. It um, And Joe stole my line again. It should be the school's SID maybe poll. No, you're right. It's the sports information director poll is what it is. It's exactly what it is. And I think there are some people, I think Steve Spurrier was one that liked to, you know, maybe have some influence and poke fun at people. I, I think there are other coaches that like to have a say in that and tweak things. But, but at the end of the day, are they really, are you judging 10 through 25 on your ballot as a coach? Do you have that much time when you've got, a Georgia on the horizon or a Tennessee on the horizon or an Alabama on the horizon. You can't tell me that Kirby smart spends more. I don't even think he spends this spends more than five minutes on the college, the, the coaches poll. There is no chance. Caleb zero. No. And it's also, I've always thought the coaches poll was a massive conflict of interest. Um, you know, in 2011, 2011, when you had, when the BCS took the coaches poll into account, Look, I probably would have put Alabama in anyway. They were clearly better than Oklahoma State. But remember, there was the Alabama or Oklahoma State. They both had one loss, but Alabama had lost to LSU and didn't win the SEC. Nick Saban had a vote that year in the coaches poll, and he decided to arbitrarily put Oklahoma State down at number five and Alabama at number two to get in. He did that to skew it to Alabama because even if you thought Alabama was better than Oklahoma State, you didn't think Oklahoma State was number five. You thought they were number three or number four. And he did that purposely to try to skew out, to skew it to Alabama's way to get them into the title game. And I'm thinking, yeah, the coaches polls a complete joke for that. Steve Spurrier admitted, I think he was forced to stop it, but when he was a voter in the coaches poll, he would actually admit that he purposely always gave Duke a top 25 vote at the beginning of the year, no matter what. I've forgotten all about that, but that is true. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Like the coaches poll to me is a complete, it's worse than the AP poll in so many ways, and there's a lot of things to criticize about the AP poll, but you're right. If, if if you're a fan of a school, if you're an athletic director of that school and your coach has a vote, do you want them wasting time looking at how other teams play, or do you want them spending their time doing what they're paid to do, which is to figure out and prepare for the next week's game? Obviously, you want the latter. And so I, I don't think the coach's poll should matter at all, honestly. What would your top five have been? My personal top five? So this is so tough for me, but I'm, I'm with, you know, there's a head to head. So because there's head, so I got, I got Georgia number one. I think Georgia is obviously number one. They're the national champions. So number two is really difficult for me because you have a two loss TCU team, a one loss Michigan team and a one loss Ohio and a, a two loss Ohio state team. TCU beat Michigan Michigan beat Ohio State, but Michigan's the only team with one loss. So because of that, I think I would probably put Michigan still number two. I put Ohio State number three because they gave Georgia a fight, and I put TCU number four. And I understand TCU beat Michigan, but I think head-to-head comes into play only if it's a tiebreaker to a certain degree. TCU has two losses. Michigan has one. Michigan won the Big Ten. TCU could not win the Big 12. So that's my top four. And then I got Tennessee at number five. I'm going to throw the contradiction flag on that. So how would you, in a head-to-head matchup, have Tennessee above Alabama but not have TCU above Michigan? Because Tennessee and Alabama both have two losses. TCU has TCU has two losses, and Michigan has one loss. Right. And, and we watch TCU play. Again, if you put – if you put TCU ahead of Michigan, who are you putting at number two? Honestly, because you can't put Ohio State because Michigan beat Ohio State. If you're factoring in head to head, I would have Michigan number three, Ohio State number four, and Tennessee number five. So you would have TCU number two after what you saw two of the last three weeks of the year with them. Uh, I would because they they beat 
Michigan head to head. I see. That's. I mean, I, I get think... what you're saying. I, I trust me. I get what you're saying, but I'm going to go head to head every single time. That is my mantra. But you know, you could, think about how far down a rabbit hole you can go with head to head, though. Like, okay, so this team beat this team, this beat these, this team beat this team. Does that mean South Carolina belongs over Tennessee since South Carolina beat Tennessee? Well, no, no, no. I'm not going with common opponents. I hate it when you do that. This team beat that team, beat that team, beat this team. I, I, don't, I don't do that. I don't do common opponents and all that stuff. But when I say head-to-head, if there is a tiebreaker to be had, I'm going to go with the team that won. So I understand the two losses versus one, but I would have TCU number two. But then by that logic, though, again, this isn't common opponents. South Carolina, Tennessee, head-to-head, South Carolina beat Tennessee. I mean, I, now you may not think there's a tiebreaker to be had in that one, but like, I don't think anybody thinks South Carolina should finish the year ranked ahead of Tennessee. Well, uh, do, you, do you think the Buffalo Bills, when they were getting pounded by the Cowboys and just about everybody else in the early 90s, were they the second best team? No, but they were the AFC champion and the runner up in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but the. I mean, I, if- if you compare them to those other NFC teams like the Giants, and there were so many good teams back then, the 49ers, obviously, if you compare, they're probably sixth on the list in a power ranking. Yeah. And I see that's, and, and it goes, it's actually more clear in the NBA. In the early 2000s, after Michael Jordan retired, the Western Conference was so much deeper than the Eastern Conference. It was in like, it was known that whoever made the Western Conference Finals was the NBA Finals. That's why that Kings-Lakers series is one of the most infamous series in NBA history, that 2002 Western Conference Finals, where Tim Donahue says Game 6 was fixed. I believe him because I watched that game, and the Lakers got like 27 fouls called in their favor in the fourth quarter, and Kobe elbows Mike Bibby in the face, and there's no foul. But... The reason that was so controversial was because it was so obvious whichever team was going to win that series was going to go sweep the Nets in in the NBA Finals. And so, I mean, no one sits there and says the Nets were the second best team in the NBA that year. Everybody knows that it was the Kings and the Lakers. Do me a favor, hit that thumbs up button. The like button helps bring more people into the conversation. Travis says Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Tennessee, Alabama, then TCU. So, uh, Tennessee, uh, Travis says would be at number four, uh, then Alabama and, uh, TCU. Uh, you know, the other thing that we don't discuss a lot because this is so hypothetical is if these teams matched up one-on-one who, who wins. So if Alabama played TCU, who do you like in that game? If Alabama plays TCU, I like Alabama to win. Okay. Pretty convincingly. If Tennessee plays TCU, who do you like? Funny enough, I like TCU in that one. And I've been saying that all year. I, it's just a matchup thing. I don't think TCU would have an answer for Max Duggan. Or Tennessee would have an answer for Max Duggan. I, I think Tennessee would beat TCU um, just because of the play up front, which I thought was in, incredibly evident in the championship game, which they got pushed around on both sides of the ball. I'm not saying Tennessee's great on their defensive line they they are a vertical pass rushing team which i i think would be effective against max duggan because they're good at gap contain but or were good at gap contain new team new year but the offensive line i think would be able to push tcu around a little bit you sound like such a 1980s sec fan oh it's all about the line of scrimmage It still is. It still is. Um, what oh, it's, man. What it's about uh, when it comes to real estate, be sure to hit that like button, the thumbs up button. We appreciate that. What it's about when it comes to real estate is andymasonrealestate.com. In the Knoxville area, his office has over 40 years of experience, and that means that they will be able to navigate a very, very, very difficult real estate area. And they'll be able to make sure that you get the home you want. But here's the best part about AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Andy Mason and his crew have two business tenants. And that's one, best prices, two, best service. You can't beat that. So that's AndyMasonRealEstate.com. And then the balls last night, we have coverage of that on Off the Hook Sports. Anything in particular stand out to you as the balls uh, beat Vanderbilt for, I believe, the 11th straight time? And Jerry Stackhouse saying after the game, Vanderbilt's head coach, that 
Tennessee is the best team in the SEC and they've got two pro players. Is he just waxing poetic or do you think that's true? Well, um, I do think it's true for Tennessee right now. Um, I want to brag because this is guys, y'all need to be listening to me. I'm saying you'll have to listen to me. This is the doesn't that doesn't sound thirsty at all, by the way. No, no. <laughs> Nine of my last 10 bets for Tennessee basketball I've hit. I gamble the spread and the over-under every game. I've hit on the spread the last five games. I've hit the over-under the last four the last five. And the only one I got wrong was they were down, but I missed by half a point against South Carolina over the weekend. But I said Tennessee would not cover against Vanderbilt. Anybody who's followed Jerry Stackhouse and this Vanderbilt team knows they make it a game with everybody. They make it tough. And the reason you know they make it tough and the reason you know Tennessee shouldn't be concerned about struggling with the 500 team is Rick Barnes last night was not that hard on his players. He gave Vanderbilt all the credit for keeping it close. If you know Rick Barnes, he's notoriously hard on his players in press conferences. So that's all you need to know to know that there's nothing to be worried about Tennessee struggling with Vanderbilt last night. Tennessee Smokey saying uh, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, Alabama, and the Vols. So he would have Alabama ahead of Tennessee. Again, I, with all due respect, Tennessee Smokey, I don't get it. I don't. I think Tennessee Smokey is doing like the anti head to head. If you look at that, he's like whoever the team beat belongs below. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, if I were to go strictly by eye test, okay, and I and I want to go with a healthy Hendon Hooker. Not that Joe Milton didn't play well in the Orange Bowl, but I, I don't know that Clemson was uber motivated for that game. If I were to go strictly eye test, so Caleb, let's do this. Throw the Resumes out the window. Go strictly eye test, okay? I'm going to say Georgia, <clears throat> Alabama, um, Michigan, Ohio State, TCU. Um, I'm sorry, Tennessee, TCU. Strictly eye test. Strictly eye test. Not what they've done. Just you watch the games. What do you think? If you were strictly eye test, would yours change very much? Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, TCU. I'm yes. sorry. And so Tennessee would be out of the top five in yours? No, Tennessee would be five. I'm sorry. TCU would be six. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd probably go with that. I, I think I, I don't think there's anybody that doesn't think Alabama is one of the top two teams in the country. They Their two losses were on a last-second field goal in an overtime. And honestly, the only reason they lost that overtime game was because Nick Saban stupidly went for two in regulation to go up by six, which I, Dave, tell me, explain this to me. Why do coaches, I, I understand the going for two to go up by three or go up by seven. It's so old school thinking to say, I want to go for two to go up by six. Is five and six points really that much of a difference? That's so like, that is the 1950s way of thinking where extra points seem like they're not a given the way they are now. <laughs> no. And what, what, period in the game was that that he went for two do you do you recall i think it was the fourth quarter it was just stupid i mean how much time left in the fourth quarter do you remember i do not i, I it was late in the game though um it was it was late in the game i'm pretty sure um i don't understand first of all any reason why you would go for two to get to six that doesn't make any sense to me so but i do think coaches in general uh, start to chase points a little too quickly. Um, and and when you get into that scenario, you start chasing two points, then you end up chasing two points for the rest of the game. And that's certainly no good. So Under five minutes to go in the fourth was when he did it. Hmm. No scenario where six was better than five at that point, particularly when because LSU scored on the next drive, they ended up going up by a field goal. It. Reminds me of uh, an underrated, you know, Fulmer actually had a habit of doing that, going for two to go up by six. I, I think it's an old school way of thinking of, oh, they tie it with a touchdown and let's pretend that they might actually miss the extra point, which they most of the time aren't going to do. <laughs> uh, Tennessee, according to Travis, would murder slow Michigan and who cares? Uh, Tennessee beat Alabama. T you know, Tennessee might. You, you, you know, Travis, that's the thing. When you match Big Ten and SEC teams, sure, there's there's a very good chance that an SEC team is going to run right by uh, a Big Ten team in general. So I'm not going to argue that point. So if, if you want to go that down that line of thinking, you've got Georgia number one, 
Um, and then you, you've got a debate of Alabama or Tennessee at number two, if you go down that line of thinking. I would have to see that first. I don't think Ohio State is slow um, and Michigan beat them. So I have trouble calling Big Ten teams slow. I think that's a little bit more tradition. Uh, remind you that when you need to place your money somewhere, you have the advantage of being able to go to one of the best investment advisors in the entire nation, thanks to video teleconferencing, which is so easy now because of COVID. And that is uh, Guardian Investment Advisors, GIAplantoday.com, GIAplantoday.com. You'll know where your money is going. You'll know why it's going there. And they are absolutely fantastic. Inflation is a bear and they can handle that. Ron Slay to join us next, former ball talking some hoops. This is Off the Hook Sports with uh, Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Ogan. ...has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. Inflation Calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Air Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasty's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasty Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. <laughs> He is Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Welcome back to the program. Remind you that we are on all of your 
apps, be it uh, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, you can listen to us there. And if you're on YouTube right now, hit the thumbs up button. And if you haven't hit the subscribe button, please do that. We still see analytics that about 80% of our viewers have not hit the subscribe button. So it means a lot. We greatly appreciate that. Ron Slave will join us very shortly. Ron is brought to you by Zach England of Best and Brock. Zach England, when it comes to personal injury attorneys in Chattanooga, there is no equal, and he will get you what you deserve, be it a car wreck or whatever the case may be. So, uh, Zach England, Zach's got your back. Zach England of Best and Brock is phenomenal. Ron Slay joins us now, former ball, just a great humanitarian. How are you, Ron? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. How you guys doing? <laughs> I'm well. I'm well. Hey, um, let's let's look back at the game last night. I got a ton of things to throw at you. I know Caleb does as well. But let's let's talk about uh, how the Vols performed last night and pretty convincing victory over Vanderbilt. Yeah, um, real real good performance. Just adding on to what they've already done um, this to start the SEC season, coming out um, having an identity, playing defense the way they are. Um, I think one thing that they have to continue to do. And this hasn't been a problem all year so far, but just finishing, finishing the halves, finishing um, that first half with, with them going on the 7-0 run, letting Vanderbilt get back into the game, take the lead. And then also on um, the second half of the game, like being up about 15 and then letting them go on the run and have to battle to keep them off and knock down free throws. Now, of course, a lot of things are going to be um, let go as far as officiating goes. They're going to let them play hard or play with a little – a little bit more physicality and foul with them being down like that, but you still got to be able to control the ball. Don't have senseless turnovers, still be attentive um, because those are the things that they pay off, you know, once you get to the tournament. And I think that's what this is all about for this season. um, Gearing up for the tournament. You know, you've had a lot of good, a lot of good seasons in the past with coach Barnes and being able to have things accomplish things in the middle of the season and number one and all of that. But I think now you put more of a, um, uh, a, a, a cap on it if you don't get it done in a tournament. You know, you want to get to that, that NCAA tournament and move forward and progress and start getting to those elite eights and things like that to take that next step in the program. So you got to be able to finish games. Ron, when I hear finish games, most of the times I think about a younger team and maybe immature, but I'm not sure that's the case here. I think perhaps some of that is just still finding the chemistry and, and the rotation because – of injuries and that sort of thing. Yeah. You think that's it? Yeah, I think so with this team. But this is a veteran team. And I, like I said, I haven't – this is nitpicking also. You know, um, I haven't seen them do this all year. You know, um, not be able to finish games outside of the Colorado game. Um, more so you like to call it playing with your food um, and, and not finishing it. That's, that's kind of what it was with Vanderbilt. You had an opportunity to finish them. You got to take that and go on and knock them out. There was a rivalry, so I kind of – Give them a little bit of slack in that, um, even though the wins loss doesn't add up to a rivalry. But it is what it is. It's a rivalry to me. Um, going forward, the same thing going into this game Saturday, man. Like, you, you got to be able to go knock it out when you got a mature bunch like that, especially when you got guys out there that can shoot free throws. You know, Tariki, Santi, Zakai, Josiah, all those guys can knock it down. Give the ball to a guy, be strong with it, go and meet the pass. It's just little bitty things, you know, and I – Knowing who Coach Barnes is and his staff is, that that's a stickler for them, you know, being able to go in and knock those things out. You are a mature bunch, and that's the reason why you can't have these these episodes like this where you go on two-minute um, um, two runs for the other team and you allow them to get back in it. That's part of it. Uh, Caleb, I want you to jump in here, but uh, first, Ron, I'm curious with you. Um, I'm sure Kentucky was the number one team you would like to beat. Not to put words in your mouth. Correct me if I'm wrong. Where did Vanderbilt rank? Man, um, Vanderbilt Vanderbilt was pretty high, man. I'm honestly right behind Kentucky and um, Kentucky and Florida. Vandy would fall right behind them because I, I listen. I got to come back here. I got to come back in Nashville. I grew up in Nashville. I know about the Memorial Magic. I know when they had great teams and all of that. Like I cannot, I can't stand coming back in the summer and having to listen to the, the vets like Ronnie McMahon, Charles Davis, Drew Maddox, all these guys give me hell about you know them beating us. So I got to stand tall through it. That was that was always on my um on my radar. I think I went seven and two or seven and one 
against them. See, the two, they tried to count the two my junior year, but I didn't play. They kind of, they, they tried to count that split, right. but they, they can't count that split on me. Yeah. Shoot, go, go ahead, Caleb. Uh, Ron, um, last night, uh, it's funny, going into the game, Tennessee was favored by 17 and a half. And I think you and I know whoever made that line in Vegas hadn't just looked at Vanderbilt's record and yeah. hadn't looked at how Vanderbilt had been playing throughout. They've been in a lot of games. Was last night's close game more about Tennessee playing a little sloppy or just Vanderbilt being very well coached, playing very good basketball and being close to turning a corner? Because they both shot like 90% from the free throw line. Yes, you're, you're exactly right. You hit it on the head. It's more to do with what Vanderbilt is and what they're becoming. And they just don't have the talent to get them over the hump. And that's just – that's going to come – Dr. Candace um, Story Lee is doing a great job of bringing in people to help their program in all realms, you know, bringing volleyball back. You got Shea Ralph in there with the women's. You got Stackhouse, um, Clark Lee being uh, added to the mix. So you got guys that um, – guys and gals that know how to win, you know, and you got them in positions to get it done, but you got to be able to get the talent in there. Um, and if you watch Vanderbilt play throughout – I was arguing with <laughs> – this is crazy. I was arguing with Vanderbilt fans on Twitter this morning like, yeah, Stackhouse sucks. I'm like, hey, man, y'all are crazy, man. Like – what you got to realize is like looking at football and looking at Georgia and Alabama, what's what, what separates them so much at the end of the day. Yeah. The coaching and all that is good, but it's the talent, man. You got to be able to get guys in there. It comes down to the Jimmy's and the Joe's guys being able to make plays after you get past all the minutia of game plans and everything like that. So I, I think Stackhouse and his, his staff has done an incredible job. You know, those guys are in every single game. They fight hard. And you know they're not going to get blown out. You know what I'm saying? Like, just if they got a chance to get to it, they're going to get to it. Now, you got to take into account over the years, Neesmith has been hurt. He was leading the SEC in scoring. Like, he was going – I thought they were going to really do something that year before he got hurt and had to sit out. Pippen um, just kind of – he got into a mode where he couldn't really make other guys better. And then you had guys transferring. Um, Dasu, if Dasu doesn't transfer and go to Texas or Texas Tech, I forgot where he went, that would have been a major key them coming back last year so it's a lot of things that take place man but I, I i think they're doing a great job they play hard every single time and if it's a close game that's not who you want to that's not who you want to be in the battle with because they're gonna fight and scratch all the way to the end yeah i agree um so we you you tennessee goes from a coach who's getting the most out of his players to a coach who notoriously seems to get the least out of his players <laughs> um <laughs> I know you played Calipari twice. You went one yeah. and one. Um, one time in Knoxville, his first year at Memphis. The second time, or mm-hmm. the second time was in Memphis. I was actually at that game at the Pyramid. That was the Dewan Wagner year, which yeah. was Calipari's first like high-profile recruit at Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, it how hot is John Calipari's seat right now? Because losing to South Carolina is bad. Hey man, especially coming off the heels of what Tennessee did to him. So you think of what the upper echelon of the SEC is, and you come into a Kentucky pick to win the league. You got Arkansas before the injuries, Alabama and Tennessee all knocking on the door to compete for that. But it was kind of, kind of, you know, you got the player of the year coming back in Kentucky. So you're like, oh, they got it. You know, it's going to be a fight to get them out of the way. And you look at it now, man, they're at the bottom of the league. And I said this about two years ago. I don't know how long they can go with knowing boosters, alumni up there in Rupp, and what moves them and what makes them have a great time at the Derby and at the golf course in the summers and the spring is talking about championships, final four runs. Like, it's not okay just to get to the tournament. It's not okay to finish second or third in the SEC. That's not okay. Yes, you're a blue blood school and you can live on there for a minute, but you're getting the recruits in and you got guys going to the league. That don't work, man. They like to see banners raised, and they don't like to raise banners for SEC East championships and things of that nature. Like, they're supposed to be creme de la creme, and we paying you as a coach creme de la creme money. You got to come in here and deliver, man. Like, I've been wondering how long will it last, and I think you're starting to see it come to a head. I didn't think no way by any stretch of the imagination um, that Coach Paris would go in there and get a victory. Man, like – they got a guy in Gigi Jackson, but Michi, man, Johnson went bananas. So you got guys not afraid anymore. Like I remember as a freshman when I walked in there, I was sitting on the bench. I'm coming off the bench. It was it's a mystique 
about Rupp Arena. And I caught myself sitting on the bench looking up like, golly, man, this this it right here. It's like what they say about Yankee Stadium, man. Don't look at the stripes, man. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's, it, can, it can get you. And it's not getting anybody anymore. Like, everybody's willing to go in there. I'm Western Kentucky is willing to go in there. Anybody's going in there with confidence thinking they can win. And you can't be that way, man. Cal got to figure it out. His seat is scorching to me. It's scorching hot to me. And you, you keep on trying to tell the fans, I'm going to tweak this. You got to be with the fans more. You got to be with the players more so than ever right now. They need you. No, nah, man, you need to get this in order. <laughs> ain't, no, ain't, ain't no fans that got to be riding. You got to get this in order, man. These are guys you wouldn't get. You got the player of the year. That is a walking double-double. Jacob Toppin, who can't figure out what his role is and how many times he should play it. Frederick finally got time to play last night. A shooter that transferred in that can really shoot the ball. But the only time he got time is because Toppin was out. Cason Wallace, great freshman. Wheeler leading the league in assists. Like, you got to figure it out, man. Nobody making excuses for you, dog. Ron, if John Calipari just wins one championship, and I know that he had the one that he should have won at, at Memphis. Derek Rose can hit some free throws. Mm-hmm. But um, if he ends his career with one championship with all the talent he's coached, how big of a disappointment is is his career? Or is it? So that's tough, man. In the game of basketball, um, when given that much talent and trying to make it jail, I think it would be a bit of a dis- disappointment when you look at all the collective talent that he's had as far as getting team goals is winning championships um, and even just vying for them, you know, because you look across and you're judged by your peers, what they do. You look at Roy Williams, he walked away um, since Cal with two championships. Bill Self, he got two chips. Um, um, Jay Wright, he walked away with championships. Um, Coach K, he walked away with championships. Like it's everybody since Coach K, with the blue, the blue blood schools has won championships and he can't seem to get there. So is it a fail to, to me? Yes. Um, as far as individual success and coaching and, um, getting these young men, these, these young kids into men, um, and, and being able to reach their goals, he's winning, he's winning. You know, you come in there, you look at it at 15, 16 years old, you think about what was, what was, um, uh, big blue. When you think about Kentucky, it's getting to the league, you know, being able to play for a championship and get to the league. Um, you're not playing for the championship anymore, but you are getting to the league without question. So, I mean, his, his, his resume is, is very long as far as doing that part. So he is successful in that part and off the, off the court. But you, when you measure it up against his peers, as far as just on the court and, and team goals being made, I think he's falling short. Yep. Uh, somebody mentioned on our message board, Cal's buyout is forty million. That those numbers are that's those are monopoly money but <laughs> nowadays. I mean, they just don't matter. I mean, you're going to see Jimbo Fisher get exited at some point. He's going <laughs> to walk away with like seventy million. So I don't know that that matters. But Ron, I think, and I'm going to let you out of here after this. I think in some ways, Calipari has unintentionally rubbed the noses in it for for some of his boosters, and and by that. He's bragged about the players that have gone to the NBA. They're going to make $100 billion, and he's got a number he throws out there, and that, that's all great. But then that helps you in recruiting. I get that. Yep. But the boosters hear that, and they're like, what the H? Yeah. Then why, I mean, then why, why are we winning more championships? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And that doesn't help me when I'm sitting around at the, at the country club or at the barbershop, and I'm trying to have conversations with people and I ain't got no leg to stand on because you start pointing at Tennessee and Rick Barnes beating you every time. Like, yeah, he putting guys in the league too, and he's doing it a different type of way. So it's not at that not at that rate, you know, as far as that many. But man, it's 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 different, man. You you got to be able to hold court um, and get it done, man. And and he, he just can't. <laughs> he just can't. And I because I, I honestly honestly I think Cal is a really good coach. I do think he's a really good coach. I think he's a really good motivator. And I think when you're ever, whenever you are able to accumulate talent and all make them strive going one way, that's even a greater sign because it's a lot of people that can't do that. You know, um, I had that um, talks about my coach at Oak Hill Academy, Coach Smith, before he retired. Like, man, he should be winning. 
Well, yes, he should be winning, and he is winning. So, yeah, that's what – it comes with the territory. If you're going to get talent like that, Carmelo Anthony's, Kevin Durant's, and things like that, you, you better go win, and he, he did. So you look at it, the cow, man, why, why can't you get the job done? That's the biggest question, and I think a lot of it has to do with his turnover on his coaching staff. Um, he doesn't have the same coaches there. I think that's a big part of it, recruiting the type of guys, not just going to go get the highest-rated guys. That's why I'm interested to see – if he would vote um, and go to somewhere like Texas and be able to take that class with him, because I do think that class is special. And if he didn't win with that class coming in next year, it's no question he out of there. He would have to go. Wow. Good stuff. Ron Slay, 104.5 The Zone with uh, Brent Doherty, Don Davenport on the afternoons from 3 to 7 Central. Um, so certainly check him out. Follow him on Twitter at the Ron Slay. Next to Rex Chapman. He is the best <laughs> basketball tweeter uh, that is out there. Rex is pretty good, though. Rex goes down political roads, though, that, uh, I, yeah. that I'm not comfortable with, and I'm guessing you're not either. No, nah, I ain't got no pause to that, man. I know why I stand. Everybody <laughs> believe in somebody, and I'm going to stand with that right there, and I'll leave that alone. <laughs> you know you gotta, what I'm saying? You, I'll let Rex have it. You got to know your lane and know that Elon Musk is always out there. That's right. Now, why would I want to take somebody else's lane? Like, uh, why would I dive in there? I got to let somebody else have it. I don't want nobody else's job. I like mine. <laughs> Ron, take care, brother. I appreciate no it. No doubt. Ron Slay's appearance brought to you by Zach England of Best and Brock. When it comes to personal injury attorneys in the Chattanooga area, there's no one better. That is uh, Zach England of Best and Brock. Zach's got your back. All right. So we're going to break down what Tennessee has done after – finishing in the top six or better. And it's happened 13 times, Caleb. Is that right? This is the 14th time. This is the 14th past year. So it's happened 13 times before. What did they do the next season? We'll break that down. And why Tennessee is the most important team in college football in the 2023 season. And I'll tell you why. Stay tuned. More after this. Miles Automotive Group is at Callahan Drive in Knoxville. Miles Automotive Group is at the center of your car buying experience because they have selection and they'll make sure you get a fair deal. They want, they need, they appreciate your business and also a fantastic service department that is going to take care of you. They're not going to suggest anything you don't need. They're going to make sure that you get your car fixed and you get it fixed for the appropriate price. How cool is that? So back in two minutes, Tennessee football up next and this is off those sports sun sand and salt water the beach is a very relaxing place unless you wear contacts ow open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with lasik vision correction from campbell cunningham laser center ah do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. 
It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. Why Tennessee is the most important team in the upcoming 2023 season coming up and what number six means. The Vols finished number six in the AP poll, what that means for the upcoming 2023 season as we take a look at that from a historic perspective. Remind you that Zul Beer Company is the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports. Zulbeer.com, xulbeer.com. Zul Beer has a fantastic location downtown with parking, and they're also about to expand a new location in North Shore. So uh, they have it all right there. You're going to love Zul Beer, worldwide award-winning craft beer right there in Knoxville. also want to thank City Heating and Air, cityheatandair.com. They bring you Cooper Mays on our YouTube channel, so you need to be sure and like and subscribe to that. City Heating and Air Conditioning, Integrity Matters. All right, Caleb. Let's take a look at Georgia's uh, schedule quickly uh, before we get to the history behind being number six. And uh, I'm sure you have it pulled up. So Georgia's football schedule, if you can read it off for those that don't know, and then I'm going to tell you why Tennessee is the most important team in 2023, because Tennessee can keep this upcoming season from being boring, Caleb. So let's take a look at Georgia's schedule, which is not daunting. Yeah, no, first. First four games are at home. They include UT Martin, Ball State, UAB, and South Carolina. Um, South Carolina is between Ball State and UAB, so South Carolina is the only Power 5 team they play. They get them at home. Unless, again, that's a that might be a question. Do you think Spencer Rattler is going to continue what he did at the end of this year, do you, or do you think that was a flu? I think he'll be significantly better, and they've learned how to use him, but I don't think there's any true matchup there. Okay. So then after that, they visit Auburn, first-year head coach, sure win. They host Kentucky. Kentucky's Kentucky, maxing out under Mark Stoops. But honestly, I think they're taking a step back now, particularly with Will Levis gone. Um, although, I don't know, maybe they'll get better with Will Levis. I think he's overrated. But <laughs> um, either way, that's a win for Georgia. And then their seventh game is at Vanderbilt. Then they have a bye. So we, I think we talked about this yesterday. We're pretty sure that, like, I would bet everything I had that they'll be 7-0 and by – that by their bye week they're not losing seven going into a bye getting healthy and they prepare for florida who is a borderline dumpster fire of a program right now you know it's supposed to be all billy napier was supposed to be the ceo that focuses on details and you know runs the program well well and you sacrifice scheming for that well he ain't really running the program that well right now florida is not really racking up talent like we thought they would so i think georgia easily beats them uh then missouri heads to sanford stadium that's another win um i think i don't know how you feel i think eli drinkwitz was the most overrated offensive mind in the sec a few years ago he was considered an offensive genius i don't think he's that good of an offensive coach honestly i just think he's a doofus <laughs> I wasn't gonna go there but I, I i don't understand why you hired that guy i don't I don't understand anything about what Missouri does in football, but so so now we have what Georgia at nine and zero. Is that we had them at nine and zero, and then they have their first real test, which is Ole Miss at Sanford Stadium. Lane Kiffin heading to Sanford Stadium, and then they visit Tennessee the next week, and then they visit Georgia Tech. So they 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 play on the road their final two games of the year. Um, Georgia Tech is a fall out of bed win. So really, it's it comes down to Ole Miss November the eleventh and Tennessee November the eighteenth. I'm. I would obviously say Tennessee's a tougher game. I'd say the only reason Ole Miss may have a decent chance of pulling off 
the upset is that Georgia may be looking ahead to Tennessee for that game, but I don't know. That, that's Well, we don't know what really to expect out of Ole Miss because Lane Kiffin, I think to somewhat his detriment, is playing the transfer portal game like he did at FAU. I think you need to do that some. Don't get me wrong. Every program, you, you, you look at uh, Jameer Gibbs going to Alabama. I mean, that that was a great pickup. So even the most elite programs, and Georgia picked up a, a fantastic receiver in the transfer portal recently. So every program is going to take somebody through the transfer portal. But I think that Ole Miss is doing that too much. And I think they're always going to struggle because they don't have the NIL money to back it up. So I think that that program needs to be built built on a more foundational level. And that's not what Lane Kiffin wants because he doesn't want to be there long term. So I think that uh, they're really tough to predict. I think that Ole Miss is going to have seasons where they're going to pop up and win 10 games. I think they're going to have other seasons where their guys don't gel and they're going to win six games. So that one's tough to predict, Um, which leads me to Tennessee. If Tennessee doesn't beat Georgia at home, then the rest of college football is going to sit back and say, oh, man, another Alabama, another team that's just dominating the conference. And Georgia may well go on to to win its third straight championship. That's why Tennessee is so important. If Tennessee is not able to beat Georgia this year, you're going to have a ho-hum season. And we could argue whether or not dynasties sell tickets and attract viewers all day long. But Caleb, at at the end of the day, you want some parody. And right now, Georgia is way beyond anybody else in college football. And yes, I'm including Alabama in that. They're a step above. The Alabamas are the second tier along with the Michigans, the Ohio States. And Georgia is now the preeminent program. So much like I think people got a little bored with the Alabama run for a long, long time. People are going to get bored with the Georgia run if something doesn't change. And that's all up to Tennessee. I don't think anybody else can beat them. I think it's on Tennessee. They've got to take care of it. Joe points out they lost five first rounders last year and had 15 players drafted. Both were records. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And then they come back and win a championship and have a better season than they had. Hit that like button. We appreciate it. Thumbs up. Um, Joe also saying Kiffin playing portal roulette. That's exactly what he's doing. And there will be a year if he stays at Ole Miss long enough, which he doesn't He doesn't want to. And I don't know what job would come open that he'd be interested in, but I know that he was very actively interested in the the Auburn job. Now, I was told, that he didn't want to move his family, but Lane Kiffin's self-driven. Is that a nice way to put it? I don't think that <laughs> Caleb made a look for those of you on the video channel. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think Lane Kiffin. See, I, I'll tell you what I've heard, but I'll tell you if I believe it. So I was told that he didn't make the decision. He didn't move to Auburn and ultimately turned them down because he didn't want to move his kids. Caleb's look is fantastic, but I don't believe that. I believe that Auburn wanted to take over his or have access to his social media accounts. And that was like a nada. And they didn't like all that stuff. And let's just face it. That's oil and water. That's a guy who wants to poke the bear until the bear gets angry. And Auburn wants to sneak up on the bear. No, I wasn't making any reference to Alabama, former bear, but yeah, I, I mean, Lane Kiffin's going to have a year where he's going to pop up and have a great year, but he's not going to have consistent success, and I don't know that he's going to have success in 2023. Can I be a little fair? to? I agree. I got to be a little fair to Lane on this. Not about moving his kids. I will say this, though. You know, outside of the one year where they spent $180,000 to get Cam Newton and go win a national title, like, when you talk about programs that have some limitations, we might need to start talking about Auburn in the same vein as Ole Miss to a certain degree. And so I don't know, man, there's a lot more money at Auburn. That, that might be true. Um, where I was going to get at though, is let's I, I, okay. Take, take football out where, forget your kids. Where would you rather live? I'd rather live in Oxford than live in Auburn. I'm just going to be honest. Like I, my, I got family in Alabama. Uh, I got, I, I, my mom has a house in Fairhope. She lives in Tuscaloosa during the year. I go between North and South Alabama. 
man, so like the part of Alabama Auburn is in that's just a boring, boring part to be in of the state. I'm sorry, Auburn fans. I would never want to live there ever. I'd much rather live in Oxford. It's nicer. And also you're close to a city because you're close to Memphis. So you're close to things to do. Auburn is boring. See, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd really know in either because both of those places and road trips that I've covered um, are tough. They're, they're tough to stay in town. So they're get out, get in and get out towns. So you stay someplace close like Memphis with Oxford or in uh, Auburn, you just stay, you know, about an hour up the road, whatever hotel you could find off the interstate. So I don't know. And that what I'm is an hour up the road in Auburn? That's the question. Well, it was nothing. It was like a Homewood <laughs> Suites. All by its lonesome before GPS, and I'm trying to find it and got lost and cried a little bit, to be honest with you. But um, you might get robbed by a bunch of cows. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Well, it was it was funny though because when I paid for the hotel, they asked me, "Will it be credit card or would you like to trade in cheap?" <laughs> it's the barter system. Wait, right, this is an honest question. For that was a good joke, and I got nothing from Caleb on that one. Sorry, I'm 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 young. I don't even know like what the barter system is. You pay oh for- barter bartering bartering yeah. yeah. You pay for yeah. your hotel yeah. and cars and sheep. Oh, trade in sheep. I thought you said trade in cheap, like C H E A P. Oh, no. that makes sense. yeah no. No, I pay I pay for my hotel with sheep and pies. <laughs> Uh, see, this is a this is a conversation, by the way, to have. What's the most boring, dull SEC town that you would never want to live in, no matter how good of a job it was? I, I might have Auburn at the top of that list. I gotta be honest. Auburn might, Starkville might be there too. Auburn and Starkville are, are my top two. Sorry, Mississippi State and Auburn fans, not a fan of either of y'all's towns. <laughs> well, Starkville though blew me away by the game atmosphere. I was very impressed, and part of it's the cowbells and open press box, but. So what are you going to do the rest of the year outside of those seven games that they play at home? Uh, I don't know. Take a, <laughs> take a vacation and ask if your travel agent will take sheep and pies. <laughs> um, oh, man. You got to go to Craft Treats, crafttreats.com. Craft Treats is phenomenal. Why? Because they have all kinds of holistic treats for your pet, and they also have the treats that have CBD in them that will help with your pet's anxiety. They'll help with your pet's um, arthritis, and they'll help with your pet's digestive issues as well. They're absolutely phenomenal. And use the promo code off the hook. Use the promo code off the hook, and you'll get twenty percent off. Whether it be the chill pills that'll uh, they have the CP, uh, CBD, and they'll take care of your pet's maladies, like I just mentioned. My dog loves them. Or you just want to go with the regular old pet treats. So uh, balls time. Saying Alabama and Georgia is both rolling with new quarterbacks. Uh, next season, what what did what did you think of uh, Georgia's uh, quarterback? It was it Max? His name uh, escapes me. He played quite a bit in the national championship game when they pulled Stetson Bennett out. Um, what any any thoughts on him? His name suddenly escapes me, but he came in and uh, I think he's going to be more talented than Stetson Bennett. I think Stetson Bennett gets a has gotten a really really raw deal from the media and i know he's cocky and all that stuff but um man you talk about a guy that's clutch that guy's clutch now he's 5'11 and he's probably not going to have a great nfl career but i got a lot of respect for that kid um so uh again that is i mean stetson bennett you talk about a guy that's maximized talent and, and what he's been able to do he is absolutely fantastic yeah, and there's also intangibles, and Dave, you know this. Sometimes the better quarterback is – well, Tennessee knows this more than anybody. Sometimes the better quarterback is not always the most conducive to winning. And I think Stetson Bennett is a great – I think he's a great leader. I think he knows what he is. He may seem a little cocky, but he knows what he is, and he knows what he has in his players, and he knows how to get the most out of those players. And I think those players – I think his teammates go all out for him. Um you know, I said earlier, he reminds me of T. Martin in that way. Um, I think one of the things that helped Tennessee in 1998 was without Peyton Manning, I think a lot of other players knew they had to finally start to carry their weight because they kind of tried, they kind of fell back and let Peyton Manning try to micromanage his way to winning. I think with T. Martin, a lot of more were willing to step up. And I, I, I see that with Stetson Bennett. And you don't know if you're going to see that when you, sometimes when you have an all world quarterback, 
you see some other players take plays off. Does that make sense? Oh, no, no, no. I totally agree. I totally agree. But, you know, Georgia was looking to replace him over and over and over. And the disdain for him reminded me a little bit of Tennessee fans didn't like Casey Clawson. Yeah, it made no sense. I mean, zero sense. Um, the guy was just incredible on the road and um, just unbelievable. We'll be with, uh, we'll be back with you at 10 o'clock tomorrow. Go ahead and before you get out, hit that thumbs up button so we can grow the channel and grow the show. And we want you to be on board and we greatly appreciate that. And somebody saying, didn't Dave used to be a singer? Yes. As a matter of fact, I did used to be a singer. Now that was when I was 12 years old uh, at Wallace Memorial Baptist Church, but that was a long time ago. Portions of the program brought to you by Bassey Lawn and Garden Man Alive. It's worth the drive. They've got the industrial mowers that are right there in Cleveland, Tennessee. Easy drive from Nashville, Knoxville, Chattanooga. And with their buying power, they save you money. Bassey Lawn and Garden. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Go to Bassey.com. Have a great day, everyone. We will talk to you tomorrow at 10 o'clock each and every weekday. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.